And hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of Conquest Chronicles podcast. This is Matt here, along with Dina. And um, if you haven't heard the news, and this is going to dominate today's episode, but if you haven't heard the news yet, um, Clay Helton is going has been retained. It was sent out. It was, there was a lot of leaks that were out. Um, one that was saying that. Helton had been let go on Sunday, was it? On Sunday. And then that those reports were refuted. Then you started hearing rumblings on um, that Clay Helton was actually going to be retained. And then Mike and Mike Bone actually confirmed by putting out a, uh, a statement as well as Carol Folt did as well uh they have multiple interviews that multiple interviews about it um which sent twitter which sent usc twitter into a blaze because <laughs> of it um i was one of them actually i was one of the the many who was very frustrated and voiced my public opinion on it and former players also voiced their opinion on it too so it was a lot of contra- a, a lot of different a, a lot of different um opinions on it um whether we we could go on and on about it but clay helton has been retained um so i so we'll go ahead and write into it i i typically ask dina how she's doing and she usually has like an adventure for me or something but this is a this is something that we've been talking about for days dina i think ever since last week and I just want to know what are your thoughts on the whole ordeal as well? What What is your opinion on them retaining Helton? Yeah. Um, gosh. My side's kind of complicated. I mean, obviously, I, like most fans, I really would have loved Urban Meyer, whether or not that was, you know, feasible or not yeah feasible or not I think a lot of fans and I I think I said this to you a couple weeks ago a lot of fans were tweeting like Meyer was already in the bag and they were kind of like jinxing I mean they didn't jinx it but I was like this is like they need to calm down because like you know nothing has been said I mean you know what I mean and with USC's luck the past couple years it's honestly it would have been a miracle (laughs) It would have taken a miracle right, um, right. for him to, to come. Um, I am kind of shocked. I mean, I'm shocked that I'm not that, that Helton was retained. I'm not shocked because of, you know, how little Bone said about the coaching search and Helton, and he wouldn't really say what he was doing. And he took so long to make his decision. I kind of think his his decision was kind of made up. You know, I kind of get the feeling his his mind was made up like a couple weeks ago. What, what what's weird is why he waited so long. You know, and I think people who say, "Oh, well, you know, he was maybe he was waiting on whether or not USC went to the Pac-12 championship game." I think if you're hired in that position as the um, athletic director of USC, that shouldn't determine. You know, a birth to the Pac-12 championship game shouldn't determine your your decision on, on whether you're going to 
keep Helton or not. You should have had your mind made up regardless, you know. Um, to be honest, he kind of should have had his mind made up regardless even before the UCLA game. Um, you know, a win or loss wouldn't have changed anything um, against UCLA. Um, you know, I'm not... I'm not mad. I'm just kind of disappointed. Not, I'm not even dis. I'm disappointed that Bone. I don't know how true this is or not. Said that he didn't contact anybody. Like why? Why would you not? You know what I mean? Like that just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, right. And he's probably saying that to you know make it seem like you know he's all behind Helton his full. His full support. He's had his full support since the get go, and you know that makes sense. But you know, privately, if he really did not contact any other coach or make any effort, then why did he take this job? You know what I mean? Because obviously, right. USC, USC Athletics' main money maker and their main thing is football. So I don't, I don't understand why he wouldn't have, you know, tried to get somebody. But you know, I, w- I would love. Nothing more for Helton to go out there and, you know, <laughs> win a national championship next year. And I don't, you know, how, um, how feasible that is, is, is going to be interesting. But, you know, I would love nothing more for Helton to be successful. And, you know, I really do like him. I like him. I just, I, you know, it's just there are better options out there. Um, if Helton was to come out and suddenly turn around and be this, you know, national championship winning coach, even a playoff berth coach, like, you know, I would love it. I, I would love, I would love that for him. I want nothing but the best for him. Um, I just really wish we would have gotten Urban Meyer. <laughs> uh, my thoughts on this is very, uh, I wouldn't say complicated, but I, I feel, I don't know, the past, couple of days I felt broken about it I I felt um disappointed in the administration not so much the team the administration the reason why I feel that way is because hold on before you start into your your whole thing because I know it's gonna be a long a long uh a long little rant oh it is um (laughs) what I am kind of disappointed in is just, you know, not that an athletic director should let fans dictate his every decision, but he kind of blatantly disregarded everything that was being put out there about, you know, it wasn't just fans. It was national media was saying, you know, Helton probably should go. It was other other fans of other programs saying, yeah, USC should, USC should get someone better. You know, it wasn't just the fan, USC's fans saying this. It was kind of everybody. <laughs> Right. Um, but I just, that's kind of weird to me that he just would keep Helton on because it kind of, you know, it makes, it puts him in a bad light. It puts Bone in a bad light. You know, I don't know who his PR person is or whatever, but I don't know why as a new athletic director you would, I mean, you had to have known. You had to have known the storm that it co- would cause. You had to have. 
I, I would just really like to know the truth behind his decision making, not the fluff that he puts out there for the media. Um, you know, was it the big buyout or what? You know, what really was it? <laughs> right. Here's my thing, and it's going to be a little bit lengthy because as someone who grew up watching USC, um, attended USC, supported USC for all these years, you know, I, I, Dina and Dina will be the first to tell you. You know, the amount of games I've, that I've been to this season and in past seasons, you know, I've, I traveled from Northern California to go to the Rose Bowl. I shelled out money, you know, to go to the Rose Bowl. Um, shelled out money to go and fly to watch USC play, you know, fly, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy, A, taking a, a, a one-hour plane trip. You know, it's, it's not easy. I don't want to say a lot of people are like, oh, we're flying a plane. But that's a lot of money. That's a lot mm-hmm. of money you're putting down for hotels and all that stuff. Right. You know, it's a hassle. It's not like you can just drive, you know, right. like, I'm 30 an hour minutes away. or an hour or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Like I'm an hour away from, from the next airport. I'm an hour from two airports. So mm-hmm. to me – I think how you said it best how it was how Mike Bone, who is the new AD, you're supposed to come in and help fix USC athletics, you know, help help it get better, you know. Hell, and the biggest thing was football. We know yeah, why football. He want it, as a new athletic director, why he wanted just his own guy, regardless it, of you know all the the talk around Hilton and all that by fans and media and everything. Why wouldn't you want your own guys? Unless he, you know. It's not like he was Nick Saban and, or Urban Meyer or, or but, you know. But he's been, that he's been around. He wouldn't have wanted to change. Right, and he's been around. He's been around USC for a little bit. Okay, I understand he's new, but at the same time, you have to have known the ramifications it's going to cause. Now, I speak about the fan base. Granted. There's two sides of this fan of the fan base. Now, there there's fans who are very frustrated. Everybody's frustrated. Okay, everyone is very frustrated. And I think you have the fans who they're tired of the administration stuff. And we talked about this earlier, Dina. And I, I and I and I don't blame the people because when you have season tickets and you and you're a donor like you donate and everything you're wondering like well why am i giving you my money and all of my support to this university to this program and all you guys are going to do is just kind of push me to the wayside or or push us the fans to the wayside because we want a winning team we want to win we want usc to win again and clay helton has Failed to deliver that. Now, yes, he went eight and four. Okay, most programs eight and four is fine. Right. However, at USC, now coming off of five and seven, eight and four is not bad. But it's the four losses is what you look at, and it's the wins you look at too, because they you talk about USC finishing strong. Well, USC played. Arizona State, yes, you're supposed to beat Arizona State without 
without Jaden Daniels. They were supposed to win that game. You beat Cal, who took you took out Chase Garbers in that in that game. You're supposed to win that game. You beat UCLA. You're supposed to beat UCLA in general. You beat Arizona and Colorado. You're supposed to beat Arizona and Colorado. It's just I feel with Clay Helton, he sets the bar so low for this team. It it's not even funny anymore. Like it's not even funny anymore. Like I don't get it. Now he's a good guy, as you mentioned. He's a great guy, but attendance has gone down under him. Recruiting is going down under him. I mean, they they're they're a hundred twelve. Recruiting just started going down. I think you know the past couple of years we've been. You know, recruiting hasn't. It's just this past cycle that we're at 67, I think, still. And keep in mind, they were also low, too, last year, too. They were pretty low last year, too. But another thing is that um, they're look at the penalties. He claimed that he yeah. was supposed to be the CEO that's, of this team. Right. That's. I think that's the biggest thing is penalties, the penalties turnover and- ratio. You know, the, not that this is directly Helton's fault. You can argue one way or the other, but the injuries. I mean, if you're not, like you said, if you're not tackling in practice, you know, why but, not? But at the same time, he's the head coach. At the end of the day, it starts and ends with the head coach. When you're the head coach of a program, you, you assume responsibility of the program. Which means everything, the, the buck begins and ends with the head coach. Right. And as the head coach, as the head coach, like, he has to take a lot of responsibility for it. And he does. He does, he does come out and say, you know, that, that he, it's does, he owns up but to he it. Doesn't he doesn't own up it. to it. And I, I respect that he does it in a way. That's very mature. Um, I, you know, I, I'm just thinking of what's his name, South Carolina's coach. Who, <laughs> uh, what's his name, Muschamp? Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp. You know, when you know after a loss, he kind of get uh, what, what what loss was it? It was a couple weeks ago. He kind of got snippy with the media, and it's like, you know, dude, what are you in high school? Like you're a head coach. Oh yeah, so just, and you know, and Mike own up did to the it. same thing too, right? And I understand, and I understand and respect that, you know, yes, I respect that. But to, to take accountability of something, you also got to fix it too. Mm -hmm. You also have to fix, you also have to fix a lot of, of, of what you're holding yourself accountable for. And Helton hasn't done that. We've heard Helton say, we got to get physical. We got to get, we got to get, be more disciplined and we got to get back to the fundamentals. That was after the Ohio state loss. Which was two years ago. He said this this past season too. Right. He has said this multiple times. USC has not done it. So, and if you look at look at USC under Helton, they are what thirteen and eleven. They're they're I believe they're thirteen and eleven or something like that. They do not have a winning record. Against 
a top 25 team. They don't. They don't have a winning record against a top 25 team. To compete for a college football playoff spot, you have to compete with the Oregon. You got to let's start in conference. So you have to compete with the Oregons. Okay, you got to compete with Oregon. You got to compete with Utah, and you have to compete with Washington. Uh, yes, Washington had a, a dismal season, but Washington, it, you got to throw Washington in that bunch. They can't compete with Oregon right now. Oh, and Notre Dame, excuse me, because Notre Dame's on their schedule every year. When was the you last know, frustrating, time? What's frustrating is it's, you know, with Notre Dame, we were so close. That's a game we should have won. We could have won. It's not yeah. like, you know, it was unattainable. And, the same, and it was the same last year. They it, it was even the same with Oregon. I mean, that first, those first, what, two quarters, we had them on the ropes. <laughs> so... It, Exactly. You know, these are games and, that it's not and like, were, and there were a lack of adjustment. There's nothing Helton can do. There are things he can do, and he he's fully capable of doing them. It's just he's not doing it. He he just, I think it's at the point where he reason. just he can't he can't do it. Because a lot of people will say, well, you got to have top notch coordinators. Helton had last year to clean out that staff. Right. He he hit the nail on the head with and Graham it's funny Harrell. With with the ones he did clean out are where we improved. <laughs> he he hit the nail on the head with Graham Harrell, which he might end up losing Graham Harrell now. If Graham Harrell, because Graham Harrell is being interviewed for the UNLV job and he's being interviewed <laughs> for the Texas job, which I have yet I, I don't know what the latest is on that. I, but I know he met with. with tweet. Um, that he's a source saying Harold's staying, but I don't know if you know how how solid uh, that is. He says he thinks that Harold's staying, or is that yeah? He, he said is, he has a source that um, said Harold's staying. Okay, but, so you know that could go either way. I mean, it's early. yeah. So the possibility of losing Harold, you can't lose Harold. You gotta do what you can to, to keep Harold. Right. You can't. Then you you keep Clancy Pendergast. Now I you understand you can't now, keep Clancy, but you can't you, keep John Baxter. No, Baxter should have been the first to go. But my thing is, I understand yeah. why they kept Clancy. I understood why they kept Clancy the first time because you give him the benefit of the doubt. This right. year, you you gotta let him go. You have to right. get a new defensive coordinator. And but even if. You gotta let him, you have to let him go. You gotta make these changes. You have to let, you have to get top notch changes. I, I, I just think with Helton, I think, I think the university made a mistake. I think the university, I think Bone, uh, I think Mike Bone, I think Carol Fault, and I'm a lumper in this too, they made a mistake. I think they basically just show blatant disregard to the fan base and to those who support. Who supported the uh, USC? Blatant disregard. Um, and I have to say, because Jake Olson was talking about it, and he was saying that he was explaining to people, well, USC is a university. USC football is not its own entity, you know. And right now, the right move is to keep Helton. I think it's, well, it's he's, the absolute. He's, he's a player that played under Helton, and I'm sure. You know, you know, if I was in his shoes, I'd be saying the same thing. But I you know? think it's 
but I think the standpoint that he was giving was completely wrong. I understand you have the scandals. You have all of this that's going on. There's a lot going on with the university. But right now, football is like the last of it, of, of the problems. So you mean to tell me all of that interferes from getting a new coach because Helton brings stability and integrity? I understand you want integrity and everything, but come on now. What is the basis for him to keep his job? And then to say, well, we USC fans have to be patient. Why? USC fans have been patient since the sanctions, okay? USC had to go through the sanctions. The fan base had to go through the whole sanctions and everything. Then they went through the, the third year of Lane Kiffin. Then the Lane Kiffin debacle. Then the Sarkeesian debacle. Granted, this isn't on the team. Okay, I understand this is not on the players or on the team or on the guys who play. This is on administration to set them up to put USC football in the right position to succeed. That wasn't done. Then you bring in the new AD, and then you have coaching. So this is what coaching gets blamed for. He gets blamed for coaching. That's the whole thing. Clay Hilton has not done what he needed for this team to get to where they need to get to. That is what a lot of people are saying. Granted, you say injuries, injuries, injuries. Injuries is a part of the game. Yes, it's uncharacteristic that USC had a lot of injuries. Understandable. But injuries are a part of the game. So you can't keep using injuries as an excuse when Keating Slovis and Matt Fink succeeded. Matt Fink beat Utah, throwing you throwing YOLO passes. USC was winning with a true freshman. So I'm failing to understand what constitutes for this man to keep his job. It's beyond me right now. So to say it's the right move and to tell people, you know, to tell people get over it, that's it, you can't tell people to get over it because this is years of building up. So many, it's like, it's like you can only deal with so much. You deal with frustration and you try to deal with it to the best that you can. And you can only do so much. And finally, the, 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 the nail in the head, that nail, or not the nail, the, the straw that breaks the camel back. That, that, this keeping Helton was it right there. I think just, I, I feel like it's just, it's a tone deaf thing. And so this is where I get to with the whole fan base thing because attendance is also dwindling. And there's a lot of people saying they're not going to renew season tickets and people are saying, well, that's not right. So why are you not going to go and support the kids? Because people do not want to give their money to athletic department to an administration that's not going to listen to them that's not going to listen and carol fultz when she was asked about the fans carol fultz says well we have a loyal bunch of people and we know that you know your loyalty is not going to be ignored but she has to say that yeah but you just ignore people's loyalty just a day ago 
so that's where like the the reasoning behind it is is baffling and i understand yeah why i don't understand like, the reasoning either um I mean, what Nico Fala said, I, I full-on disagree with him, too. I, I agree with him to a point, but I disagree with him. When he said, USC is a top five inseparable fan base. Okay, USC fans can be pretty unseparable, insufferable on Twitter. But to say, he, he said the Rose Bowl was filled with majority Penn State fans, that is the biggest lie I've ever heard. Yes, you played at USC. You played in the Rose Bowl, granted, but that's the biggest lie I ever heard because I was at the Rose Bowl, and that was pretty much good chunk of USC fans that were there. USC fans were were clamoring to buy a ticket for the Rose Bowl. So what are you gonna? What are you talking about? No, I. I they weren't supporting I USC there. at the I wasn't Rose there, Bowl, so I can't. I can't speak on that, but. There were people clamoring to buy tickets for the Rose Bowl. Like, it was the biggest demand. It was a big demand for Rose Bowl tickets that year. I understand where he's coming from, though, because it is frustrating, and I'm sure it is infuriating to these players and former players seeing their fans. Literally, I have not seen. The only the only positive tweet I have seen, um, well, two tweets, um, was from Scott Rodriguez, he, Jason Rodriguez's dad. He posted a picture of uh, one of his USC hats, and he said, Trojan fan till I die, I think was what he said. And then Shan McLean, um, you know, always always uh, the recruiter. She she should be on the recruiting trail, man. <laughs> I, I'm I saying. love seeing her tweets and her, her just her fire and spirit about the program, but let me pull up what she said. You know, because it was refreshing seeing. seeing it, I mean, positive. I mean, it's refreshing to see it, but at the same time, you're like, you want to try to be positive and you want to you want to support these kids, and that's the whole thing. She is said, "I'm looking forward to seeing our boys perform next football season. It's going to be great. Fight on. God is in control over all things. Faith, family, and football. We need positive energy at every level, which is true. Not a single, not a single." Wow, can't talk. Not a single thing she said is not true. Oh, it's true. I mean, it, you know, it's I all true. Wholeheartedly, we need, you know, the team needs the fan support, no matter, no matter who's think, coach. And there was a tweet that was passed on to me about what a what a current player said, and he said, you know, it, it, it's he's like right now it's kind of it sucks because there's people rooting against our team so we can get a new coach now here's my thing on this and this is where we got to draw the line here okay so let me be the voice of reason here on this there's a difference between being frustrated and hoping this team loses to hope the team fails is not it because you want the team to succeed. You want this team to succeed. I think that's, that's where players are seeing fans' tweets. That's what they're seeing the tweets as, is they, they're rooting against the team. They want the team to fail, but I feel which, like I mean, it's it's easy to, 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 to look at it that way because it is – I mean, I is. sometimes look at it that way when I see these negative tweets too. It um, is, but when you see people say, I'm not renewing my season tickets because I am fed up with this administration, 
and you take it as you can't take it as oh I'm you know I, I want this team to lose. There's people who flat out root for this team to lose. I've seen it, and that is not the way to go. But I feel like players mix up the two. They mix up the two actually. And I look at it as the same way as the Dodgers situation, and and I brought it up to you. Uh, I think I I texted to you actually when the Dodgers when the Dodgers was going through the McCourt era, the whole Frank McCourt era. When they were going through that, no fans didn't go to games. Like literally, there were fans selling their tickets. They were protesting from going to games. They were like, I'm not going to games and giving McCourt a single inch of my money. And me at the time, at the age of 21, not understanding it, I said, why are you not supporting these players? Why are you not supporting the players? You should go and support the players, support the team. You know, Dodger Stadium was empty, and it was sad. But... The older I got, the more I started to understand it a little bit more, and I and, and how I started to see it um, is that fans sometimes they get they get frustrated and they're like, well, why am I why spend my money to be frustrated? To why spend my money and get or give my money to a, a, a administration that just wants my money and. I understand, and I understand it. Like, I, I understood it. You know, when people said, oh, I'm not going to renew season tickets. But with the Dodgers is that it, people stopped going. Next thing you know, it, they got a new owner. New owner came in and turned everything around. You know, I feel it's the same with USC football. However... A lot of people are voicing their displeasure by hitting them with their pockets. But at the same time, I think what a lot of people got to understand is that I don't think attendance is going to, you know, I don't think attendance is going to be it. Now, if you don't want to give your money to USC, like donating or, or season tickets, I understand that. Somebody put up a link to donate to the the Trojan marching band actually instead which is its own it, it's its own um their donations is its own entity i saw somebody suggest buy your tickets through StubHub instead of instead of buying it through usc there's going to be a lot of ticket sales on StubHub for usc games if usc is not winning now we all know winning cures all Right. Winning mm-hmm. cures all. If USC and they have a pretty good chance to win the South and to win the conference, USC has a very good chance of winning the conference next year. Depending on what happens with with how this goes. But let's say, for instance, USC has one loss going through the season. And there's going to be some tough games, some tough road games, too. That's where I think the Coliseum is going to fill up. I think that's where the Coliseum will fill up. But I don't know. I don't remember. Did it really fill up when um, when USC was going to the Rose Bowl? 
that their Rose Bowl season did it start climbing as it as it went? Because I know during the Rose I Bowl don't game, I, I mean, it's just a matter of I don't know. I mean, it, it is. I think winning cures all in L.A. But the thing with it, with L.A. is that USC has to compete for attention too. Keep in mind, Dodgers are in the playoffs during the thick of USC season. A lot of people got to remember that. The new stadium is going to open up. Sophie Stadium opens up next year. That's going to get a lot of seat people going because they want to see the new stadium. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to have that. I mean, the Lakers are playing very great right now. So is is just a matter of USC is competing with attention right now. And making this move does not help. But here, here's my question. I was going to write an article about it. I still am. But where does USC go from here? What does Clay Helton do next? Because now you gotta, you, you gotta fix recruiting now. And we saw, uh, Kendall, Mar- Kendall, uh, Milton's dad tweeted that top recruits, that blue chip recruits are looking at USC and they look at the coaching staff who's there and they're like, this coaching staff is not going to develop me. You players want to go, recruits want to go to win and they want to get developed for the NFL. And those are two things that haven't really happened under, under help really. So it's like, what do you do to reel these recruits back in to go look? We're this is going in the right direction. I think one they gotta they gotta fix defensive staff. They gotta get a new defensive coordinator and a new special teams co- uh, coordinator. They gotta do that. Then they gotta they gotta do whatever they can to keep Graham Harrell. They have to. I, I'm sorry, but you have to keep Graham Harrell because the air raid, believe it or not, was a success. USC was a top twenty offense this year. You have to keep Graham Harrell. I mean, give him a raise, something. Make him an assistant coach, but you have to keep Graham Harrell by all means necessary. Um, but and, and Helton has to change himself. Helton has to change himself. Otherwise, it's it's not going. It, 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 we're going to be at step one again. I mean, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts, Dina? What do you think? Yep. I mean, like you said, he has to make changes to the staff. Nancy has to go. Baxter has to go. And you can't just hire non-splash guys. You got to make a big splash with those two position coaches. I agree, but how the way the coaching went, I. Splashes is a reach right now. But, yes, they do need to get an elite coordinator on defense. You have to. They they have to. It, it has to be to the point where they have to get them. If not, then it's, it's going to go down. It's going to be all bad from there. Yeah. 
Yeah, to be honest, people should stop worrying about Hilton. Start worrying about Grim Harrell. <laughs> yeah, I and, and that's the thing is you got to keep with Graham Harrell. He was what helped make that offense successful. USC's offense was successful. They were a top. They went from one of the historically one of the I don't want to say one of the worst, but it was one of the worst in USC history. And that there was, and we, you know, we improved. That was with our, you know, our with a top running backs all hurt <laughs> for half the season. So, so imagine what I, he can do <laughs> if everyone's healthy. I, I, that's the whole thing. Is just that's what has to be done. Like you have to start. Helton has to get top notch re- so coordinator. Now, what top-notch coordinators? I don't know. To be honest with you, like that's one of those things where I—that's I, I, one of those things where you're like, okay, how how is this gonna go? So that is what I'm interested in. How how will this go? I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what he does with coordinators. I mean, they said that they have the resources, the tools, all this stuff to build a championship team. Do they have that right now? Like, I I'm, I just want to see, is there going to be a bigger investment with USC football under bone? I, I, that's what I want to know. Because now you're going to have to really get this going, and you're going to have to get it going now. Right. So, so they can't mess this. I mean, we kept saying they can't mess this up with the head coach, and they messed this up with the head coach. So right now is just you're like you're telling us we can't. You know, you're telling us you're gonna do this, but I don't know. Like, it, it, you're, everyone's like right now, everyone's just turned off at the fact, and they're like, well, whatever. And I don't blame them. I don't blame him for just basically saying whatever. I'd say I'm like whatever too. You know, I'm like okay, you say you're gonna do this. All right, I'll believe it when I see it, dude. It's like the it's like the guy that always promises you something and says he'll take you on a date, and then you just get up to the point where you're like, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm-hmm. So Dina can attest to that more than I can. <laughs> so I mean, we'll we'll just have to see what happens from here. But um, as this is going on right now, USC is waiting for the wait. USC is waiting is awaiting their fate for their bowl game, which we will know by Sunday. Um, don't know the fate of USC's bowl situation. We know they're bowl eligible, and we know there's only two bowl games that they can go to now. That's the, um, excuse me, they can only go to two bowl games right now. They can go to the Holiday Bowl or the Alamo Bowl. Um, And it's going to be based off of what goes on in the Pac-12 title game. Now, I will say... It could reach to the point where if – and here, allow me to walk through these scenarios for people who are unfamiliar right now. 
So let's say Utah wins the Pac-12 title games, and they make the college football playoffs. Oregon would then play in the Rose Bowl game as the Pac-12 representative to keep the traditional Big 12 Pac-12 or Big 10 Pac-12 tradition going. That will be the traditional pick. And they will most likely play the runner up of the, um, of the Big Ten title game. Mm-hmm. Or the Big Ten champion. It could be that. Cause if Wisconsin wins, then that opens things up. Um, so the, you have that. That would mean by default, USC has to go to the Alamo Bowl by con, by, by, because in the Alamo Bowl's contract that they have to take the next highest Pac-12 team. That will be USC. If Oregon, you know, if Utah wins and they don't get into the college football playoff, that would mean Oregon, or that would mean Utah would win. They will go to the Rose Bowl. Now you wait and see if Oregon makes a New Year's Six Bowl, which would be the Cotton Bowl as an at-large. Now, if they make it as an at-large, then USC will go to the Alamo Bowl. If Oregon gets passed up from a New Year's Six Bowl game, they then Oregon would go to the Alamo Bowl. That would be the most likeliest of things, which would mean USC falls to the Holiday Bowl. If Oregon wins... Then Utah, you wait to see what goes on with Utah. It's pretty much the same thing. If Utah gets in to a New Year's Six Bowl game, then USC goes to the Alamo Bowl. If not, Utah goes to the Alamo Bowl. USC goes to the Holiday Bowl. So that's how that works out. Dina, I'm sure, is like, that's a lot of complications for two <laughs> bowl games. It's a lot of scenario. It's a lot of scenarios. Yeah. But um, those—that is the scenario right now. Um, I know, Dina, you're hoping for the Holiday Bowl. I, I know mm-hmm. you're hoping for the Holiday Bowl. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, whatever, because I, I've been to the Holiday Bowl before, and it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> it actually wasn't. It wasn't pleasant in my in in my experience. Um, but what do you, I mean, what, what do you think? What are you, are you hoping for the, are, are you hoping for the, uh, we're not hoping, but which bowl would you prefer? Would you prefer a USC, or would you prefer USC making the Alamo Bowl and playing a Big 12 school? So maybe Baylor or Oklahoma State or Iowa State? Or would you prefer USC to go to the Holiday Bowl and play Michigan or Iowa? Well, first of all, I don't think the Alamo Bowl is just a huge step up from the Holiday Bowl. To be honest, I think they're at the same level. Um, and I prefer the Holiday Bowl just because I would be able to possibly go to that bowl game um, it's in San Diego. Um, and another thing is USC doesn't do well in Texas. So. That is very true. This is very um, true. Yeah, I'm hoping for the Holiday Bowl. I, I I would like to go. I've never been to a bowl game. I'd like to go to a bowl game. Um, 
I would like, I mean, I've been to, um, how can I put this? I've been to the, I'm over here deleting stuff. I've been to the, um, to the Holiday Bowl before. It's actually not bad. However, however, with the Holiday Bowl, I'm not the biggest fan of it because A, San Diego, uh. Um, I like the name of it better too. <laughs> oh. If I was gonna get a shirt or something. The, I'm not a fan of the stadium. The stadium sucks, okay? There's a reason why the Chargers left. <laughs> yeah. The stadium sucks. Okay, so let's start there. Let, let's go ahead and let's absolutely, let's start there. However, to see them play Michigan and or Iowa, those teams travel. Those their those fan bases travel, so it will be fun to go and to see that. And plus, I've never it, to see uh uh you know to see USC Michigan that would be something. And to play against Jim Harbaugh again is always entertaining. <laughs> um, but my thing is, here's why I much rather the Alamo Bowl. And this is why I, I much rather the Alamo Bowl opposed to a Big Ten game. Because A, I know if USC plays against Michigan or Iowa, USC is gonna run, is gonna, is gonna run them into the ground. Maybe not so, more so Michigan. I don't, I, I highly doubt they will run Michigan into the ground. Cause Michigan would be actually a good matchup. But I love to see USC play against Baylor or play against Oklahoma State or or something like that. Now, again, Dina, you make a great point. The state of Texas and USC has not gone hand in hand. It has not gone well. So that's why I'm kind of like, eh. Because USC, they dropped the Fiesta Bowl. They've lost two games in Arlington and they lost they got and they got demolished in Texas. So yeah. Maybe the holiday bowl might be actually the better idea. <laughs> it might be the better idea. So I don't know. I I wouldn't mind like I said, I I would not mind um How can I put it? I, I would not mind the um I would not mind the holiday bowl at all. Now who would you want them to play in the holiday bowl? Would you want them to play Iowa or Michigan? I I want them to play Michigan. Yeah, I think Michigan would be a fun matchup for sure. I I would want them, I want to see them play Michigan. That would be fun. What, what about some – it's Championship Saturday coming up. What are your picks? Yes. Championship Saturday – well, there's a in tomorrow too. I mean – Oh, right. The, well, pac Twelve's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. pac Twelve title games actually is tomorrow, and it's up here. Who do so, you have? Let's see here. Let's pull it up. 
if I can. Who do I have in the Pac-12 title game tomorrow? I uh, I want to pick Utah because I want Utah to win so badly. I want Utah to win in the worst way and to make the college football playoff because I think if they make it, they can play for a national title. I think their defense is legit enough to win a national title and to compete. I honestly think that. With that being said, I think Oregon wins. I, I this just, is a hard, I have, this is, this is a hard, it's the hardest, I think, of all the championship games. Um, Utah does look better than Oregon, but Utah always chokes. <laughs> At least, I think, you know. But I, um, but I think this year, I think this is the time. If there's any time for Utah to get it done, this is the year. Right. Because they have the defense to do it. I think their defense is going to give – their defense – It how the way this game is going to be win for Oregon is going to be in the trenches. And that's what Mario Cristobal has preached at Oregon is the trenches, winning the game in on in on the line. Right, and, and I'm not I'm not a big fan of Justin Herbert. I think people are um have hyped him up all season, and the mock drafts have him way too high, at least the ones I've seen. So I I think I'm gonna pick Utah for this I'm, one, I'm even though there is a very very strong possibility possibility they will choke. I I'm gonna go with Oregon here, but I think Utah. I have a feeling Utah. If they win this game, it could be pretty convincingly. I think it'd be pretty convincing. Um, 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 what else do we have here? So that's the only game that's going on tomorrow. Is is the Pac-12 title game? Next up, wait, is that the only game? Let me look. Actually, that's I know. Tomorrow, I know. I I'm pretty sure. Because I know there's another one. I know there has to be like the the Mac has to have a they got a conference title game. No, the Pac-12 title game is the only game tomorrow. So now we have the Big 12 title game, Baylor and Oklahoma. Um, the winner of this game, I think, has a very strong shot at making the college football playoff. I think yeah, they it'll do. it'll also depend on. You know, heavily on what Utah does. Um, yes. This is also a hard one. These these two actually are the probably the hardest. Yeah, of the, I of felt, the championship. Um, yeah. I felt. Yeah, I, I felt Baylor should have won the first one. Um, they should have. They easily could have too, and then they they, they took just, a dump. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go Oklahoma on this one. Um, I'm gonna go Oklahoma. I I, I think want Baylor sec- to win, but I'm I'm gonna go Oklahoma. Yeah, but I mean it's hard to beat a team twice. Texas no saw that last year. They beat Oklahoma last year, then Oklahoma came back and beat them. That is true. I do like Jalen Hurts though better than Charlie Brewer. I do too. I think I think Oklahoma will be more ready for this. Um, pick the Mac. Championship game? Yeah. Okay. Ohio, Miami of Ohio and Central Michigan. Central Michigan is favored by six and a half. 
I'm gonna go Central Michigan. What are their records? Uh, Michigan Central Michigan's eight and four. Miami of Ohio is seven and five. So you have the fighting Ben Roethlisberger's against the fighting Antonio Browns. Interesting. I'm going Central Michigan on this one. Yeah, I really have no idea. I haven't watched any of their games, but I'll go Central Michigan just because their records are better. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the Chippewas here. I got to go with the Chippewas over the Red Hawks. Next, we have the Conference USA Championship game between Appalachian State, 11-1, and and Louisiana Lafayette, 10-2. and I'm going Appalachian State here. I know, Dina, you have not been high on Appalachian State. That was something I've been high on. I just State. don't think they should have been ranked above our five teams. Yeah, I'm going with App State. UAB, whose program just came back not that long mm-hmm. ago, uh, nine and three against Florida Atlantic. In the wait, is this Conference USA? My bad, my bad. This is Conference USA. The last one was the Sun Belt. Appalachian State and Louisiana Lafayette is the Sun Belt. My fault. This is Conference USA. Florida Atlantic and UAB. Um, I know I have not liked Frank Kiffin in the past because of the Washington State game. However. However, I do not mind Lane Kiffin. I and I like to see Lane Kiffin succeed with uh with Florida Atlantic and he is pretty funny on Twitter too. So but yeah, Florida I saw Atlantic on Twitter I just, that said he was on a radio show today and they asked him if he was gonna be the the coach of Florida Atlantic next year and he just there was a big pause and then they cut to break. <laughs> Well, they had ten. I heard they had technical <laughs> difficulties with that, quote, quote unquote. But someone must say I you think, should be the coach at all Miss, which would be fun. That would be fun. Um, I I just think Florida Atlantic. I I think they're a better team, but I think UAB can keep this close. But I feel like Florida Atlantic. Um, by by a, I want to say by a touchdown. I'm going to give it to Florida Atlantic. I think Florida Atlantic is the better team. Yeah, I'll go with them, too. Next, we have the the American Athletic Conference Championship game between Cincinnati and Memphis. Um, This is going to be a good game. Yes, this is. If Memphis wins, Memphis is in the driver's seat (laughs) to play in a New Year's Six Bowl game, which would most likely be the Cotton Bowl. Um... Memphis and Cincinnati met already this season. Actually, when did they meet? It was last I, week, wasn't it? I think it was last week. I think they re- they just met last week. They just played yeah. last week. I'm trying to find. Yes, they just played last week, and it was 34 to 24. Um, Tigers. So I'm. I, Luke Fickle has Cincinnati playing some good ball too. Don't sleep on Cincinnati, but Memphis has been on fire this year, and I I, I just I I see Memphis I see Memphis winning this game. I I, I think so do I. if it wasn't if it wasn't for Memphis dropping and Memphis has been pretty good historically in football too, but that's beyond the point. 
if it wasn't for that game against Temple, they would be undefeated right now. They would be this year's UCF. I'm going Memphis here, and I think Memphis ends up in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Yeah, I go Memphis too. Next up, we got the SEC Championship. You're all (laughs) the, the, the deep south of the SEC, and it's in it's in Atlanta, Georgia this year, right? Yeah, it's in that. It's in it's in it's at Mercedes Benz Stadium. So you got Georgia and LSU. Georgia wins this game. You're looking at LSU and Georgia in a in a college football playoff. I think that is the real possibility. Georgia loses this game. LSU is most likely going to be the number one team. They're going to be the number one team, actually, which would mean they will probably play Utah, which would that I think that would be a good game. Um. I'm going with LSU because I want to see Coach O succeed so badly. Not because of how he was at USC, but I think with Coach O, I feel like with Coach O, he has LSU ready to play. Like, LSU has that swagger back and everything. Georgia has looked kind of iffy the past few weeks, in, in my yeah, opinion. they look flat. They they haven't looked too I haven't been too impressed with Georgia. There were some games they should have lost. There were some games I felt they should have lost. LSU's playing better football right now, so I, I'm going with LSU. LSU has also scored 50 in their last three games: 58, 56, and 50. I'm going LSU. Yep, I'm going LSU by, too. By by three scores. Three. Yes, I'm going three scores on this. I think LSU beats Georgia by three scores. There's There hasn't been much that impressed me with them. Next, we have the Mountain West Championship game between Hawaii and Boise State. Boise State right now is 11-1. and They're also playing for a, a New Year's Six Bowl bid, so they're rooting for – Memphis to lose, so and for them to, and they have to win in order to get a New Year's Six bowl game. Hawaii, on the other hand, if they win, I think winner of this game will go to the Vegas Bowl because that's the bowl tie-in for the Mountain West. The last, and this is the last year that it will be the bowl tie-in for the Mountain West. Actually, this is the last year the Las Vegas Bowl will have a Pac-12 and Mountain West uh, matchup. I don't know if you know that, Dina. Did not. Yeah, and this is the la- and also this is the very last year that the Mountain West or not Mountain West, but this is the very last year that the um that the Las Vegas Bowl will be at Sam Boyd Stadium. Oh, is it gonna start being at the Raiders Stadium? Yes, it's going to be at Allegiant Stadium. I think I'll go Boise State with this one. Some, I want Hawaii to win so badly, but I gotta go Boise State on this one. I got, it's at Boise State. It's hard to beat Boise State on the blue turf. I'm, I'm going with Boise State, but I think this is gonna be a high scoring game. This is going to be pretty entertaining. Next up, the ACC championship between Virginia and Clemson. 
Clemson is favored by 28.5 points. They're favored by 28 and a half. I'm taking Clemson in the over. I'm taking Clemson with the with the points. I think they covered the spread. I, I don't see yeah, Virginia. Yeah, I want Clemson to lose, but um, if Clemson loses, do you think they get in? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going Clemson. I think Clemson blows them out. It's not even close. Um, next we're going to have. Oh, we have Ohio State and Wisconsin. Ohio State's favored by 15 and a half. Wisconsin, uh, um, getting a second shot at, at Ohio State. Ohio State took Wisconsin to the woodshed last matchup, which I think I said was going to happen. They lost 38 to 7, which I think that I yeah, said I'm was going to happen. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling another blowout here. Yeah. I got Ohio State in a blowout. What if Ohio State, Clemson, and LSU all lose? They're all getting in. <laughs> yeah. Because that would be their own. Well, and if Utah was the only one that won? Yeah. Then you would have to take into serious consideration – because now they're going to go, well, who do we drop? You gotta I don't drop think they would drop out. LSU or Clemson for Utah. Or I, I, don't, don't, I don't think they would drop any of them. I don't think they'll drop. The they're not going to drop. Get respect. I, I don't think they will drop, and I've been wrong on this throughout the but season. I wonder if they would probably most likely drop the Clemson, if, if any at Clemson all. Clemson would be the lone one to drop, or Ohio State. Clemson or Ohio State might be the lone one that drops. Um, Ohio State's number one, I don't think they would drop. Because Georgia would get in, LSU would get in. Those two will be in for sure. You would have to look at moving up. Um, Here's the thing. Now that that plays into Oklahoma and, and, and Utah, though, because now if you're saying, let's say if if Oklahoma wins, right, or the or the Big Twelve, you need to have a big. The Big Twelve is going to look and go, well, why aren't we? Why aren't we being considered? Why can't we be in serious consideration? Then if Utah wins, you would have to you have to consider the Big Twelve champion and Utah because. You, you would say Ohio State's loss don't matter. They lost the conference championship game. LSU lost the conference championship game. Who else was the other one? Clemson? Clemson lost the conference championship game. Three teams lost the lost their conference championship game. The two who are in consideration below them, three of the two would have won their conference championship game. If they do not let them in, then you would say conference championships no longer matter. That would be the ultimate. That, that, that would, I hope that happens. That would because you're looking at you. You will be looking at like the Bama situation. Remember, right. we talked about this with Alabama. Right. Mm-hmm. You would say 
Conference championships do not matter, and winning your division does not matter. Because you would say, well, Alabama deserves to get in despite them not winning their conference or their division. If you spurn two of the three teams that won their conference and the top three lost their conference championship game, then you would have outrage. Now, one of them's going to get in, and I think LSU will get in. But that would be the lone one. One of them who don't win their conference championship is going to get in. And this will be the biggest argument. I think that will be the biggest argument. And if you wanted to advocate for expanding the playoffs, this would be it. Because a lot of people are saying, I've, I've seen, there's an article on Yahoo that said, get rid of the, get rid of conference championships and have the, have quarterfinals on the week you would have right. conference, the week you would have I'd conference championships. I would I'd be, be for that. this. Here, here, here's my idea. Why not, why not shrink the, the amount of conference games you play? And move up championship week to Thanksgiving week. And then do a. And then do com, and then the week you would have conference championship games. Mm-hmm. The week you would have conference championship games. Do the quarterfinals. Now everyone's wondering. What would you do about the bowls? Because remember, bowls are a big thing in in in, in SBS. So what would you do with the teams who lost? Would you just put the teams who lost the quarterfinals into bowl games that Sunday so they could play that extra game? I wouldn't. I think that would be a good idea. Put the teams. Put rank the teams. Or seat to see the teams one through eight. Get rid of one conference game. So you will play one less conference game. Mm-hmm. The Pac-12 plays nine. They need to play anyway. I think the SECs play eight. That would mean they would play seven. Because... The next logical thing would be move up the um would be move up the season because they have week zero anyway. Remember they have week zero, which I is the dumbest thing ever. They have week zero, so you can either do that and move up the season a week and make Z, week zero week one, and you would just push everything up. You, up the regular season by a week. I think that would be the that would be the best idea. That would be the most logical idea. Either mm-hmm. get rid of one, everybody gets rid of one conference game, and then you make conference championship week. You make conference championship week. Uh, um, instead of conference championship week, which is the beginning of December, make it. That the quarterfinals and then conference championship week is the week of Thanksgiving or move everything up. 
so nobody loses something. Yeah, I'd be fine either would, way. I, I think that would be the best thing if you want to expand the playoffs. Because conference championships is going to be there. Everybody got to have a – because conference championships mean something to some of these kids. If you have 12 teams, if you have 12 team conferences and you get rid of conference championships, then you're like – you're going to have a huge debate on who's conference champion. This isn't college basketball where you can do a regular season champion because everybody plays each other twice. I think that's where it should be. I think that's where how, how it should be done now. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. If that happens, you would have the biggest advocate of expanding playoffs. Maybe expand it to, to, to you, I don't know. To six teams have a play in for one of the spots. I think if they if they have to deem it necessary, do a play in for one of the spots. If you are undecided, let them decide it on the field at a home field. Either do it at Utah or do it wherever, or, or do it on a neutral field. But if that does happen. It's going to be a lot of chaos because there's going to be there's going to be a lot of controversy and there's going to be a lot of upset people. If three of the if uh, the top three were to lose, some something's going to go wrong. But that's what college football is. Don't you enjoy this, Dina? Other than that, it's gonna um, be a wild finish. That's for sure. It, it is. It is going to be wild. That's for that. That's one hundred percent surely. That's what's gonna happen. Um. Other than that, Dina, I think that'll wrap it up. I don't think we had any questions, and I don't think people wanted to rant and rave. Um. Oh, we did have a somebody emailed us a question like two weeks ago. I forgot who the email was from, but he asked. <laughs> I have to look it up, but I do remember his question. His question was, do you think Keaton Slovis will be the starter next year? What happens with USC's quarterback situation next year with JT Daniels? I wanted to ask you this because this question actually is meant for you, and I think you would um, you would know this better. I think Keaton has earned the right to be the starter. I think he performed – a lot better than JT Daniels did in his freshman year and whether that be because of his skill set or because of the offensive coordinator or because of both you don't really know because we didn't really see JT with Graham Harrell um, but I just like I like Keaton I like the vibe he brings the energy he brings um, I mean you see him you know on the sideline firing up the team when they're down um, I, I would like to see Keaton as a starter going forward. I just think he he's outperformed um, expectations, and he's had he has the national media talking about him. I mean, he's gonna be he deserves the right to be a star. Based off of how he played this year, and ba- due to because he has a leg up on. Um, Daniel, because Daniel has hurt. <laughs> You're 
Um, I, I think, in my opinion, I have to say, um, in, in my wholehearted opinion, I have to say that I think Slovis should be the starter. He should absolutely be the starter. Like, that should be the starter. It shouldn't be a competition. He's the starter. That is guy. Now, if they get a new offensive coordinator, that's different. But if it's Graham Harrell, he's the guy. But um, with that being said, that will be all for us tonight. Thank you for, for listening to us and listening to us rant and rave. We will be back to preview the bowl game, actually, which should be pretty fun. Um, you can make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at C Chronicles SBN. You can also follow me on Twitter at Matt A. Lowry. You can follow me at Always Compete. And be sure to um to listen to our podcast on Google Play on Google Podcasts, Spotify, um Apple iTunes and Megaphone. But until then, we will talk to you guys soon and fight on everyone. Fight on.